Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Uh, for some of you that have heard me uh, before, you're wondering what just happened to John. Um, just let you know, I'm going through puberty right now, so it's it's working really well. I think one of these days I'm going to grow up and be a big boy. So, uh, yeah, I, I woke up this morning and I'm like, what the heck? I sound like Barry White. Uh, so um, hopefully we'll be able to get through this day. I've got uh, two to go, so let's see how this all happens. But, hey, it's great to be with you this morning. My name is John Holtorf. I'm lead pastor here. Um, I first want to take a moment before I jump into the message today, and I want to talk a little bit about last night. Man, um, there was a group of you that made possible a great night last night, and that was when we had our, our, our trunk or treat last night. We had over 33 cars that were here. We had over... I think it was like 1,076 people that, that showed up last night for our trunk and treat. Yeah, it was so awesome. And, and it was crazy seeing the, this huge line of people. You guys did awesome jobs. Your decorations and how you did your trunks, you did an incredible job. You loved on our community well. And I just wanted to thank you. I mean, just, it was a great, great night. So you know, good job, Northern Hills, and great, great way to, to serve our community and just have some fun with all the people that showed up last night. So um, awesome. Hey, we're going to continue and, and finish off our series called Winning the War in Your Mind. And this is um, all a series that's been based on the book by pastor and author Craig Rochelle. And I don't know about you, but over these last three or four weeks, it has been really good for me. There's been a lot of value, I think, for me as I've gone through and put to work some of the things that we've been learning on Sunday morning. It's been something, even if even I go back to, to week one and the idea of identifying a stronghold and then digging in and finding God's truth and applying to that, I'm telling you, these are the ways that we can win the war of our mind. And I truly believe it. So I really want to encourage you guys to don't, don't let this series just pass you by. If, you, if this is your first um, Sunday, man, first of all, we're glad that you're here. Um, it's awesome to have you here. But I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those messages because I truly believe that this can be something that really, if you want to change some things in your life, this is a great place to start. So I want to encourage you to do that. Throughout this series, we've been talking about the power of our thoughts and knowing that, man, there's a battle going on up here. There's a battle going on in our, in our mind and we need to take some actions. We need to do some things a little bit differently if we want to get some different results. We want to create some new neural pathways. We've been talking about the science of it. We're going to talk about that again today. That will lead us more to the goodness of God instead of getting caught in the snares of the enemy. Today we're going to conclude this series, as I mentioned. But start out, i got a question for you. Do you have anything that you can remember maybe when you were little? That you had worries that you had as a kid that today you might think they're maybe just a little bit silly. I mean, I think we all had the classic examples of having the monsters in the closet or under the bed, right? Um, but I even know, like, Halloween for me brings up some of those fears, I think, as a kid. Because I think I was, like, a little fearful of, of all the Halloween stuff. So it's been, like, all those different pieces of things that are going on. I was reading an article that was talking about some fears of kids. And there was a kid that was scared of Winnie the Pooh. And I'm like, oh, poor kid, first of all. But he, he would wake up in the middle of night, have nightmares that Winnie the Pooh was beating him up, biting him, kicking him, and just like just wailing on him. And I'm like, of course you'd be scared of Winnie the Pooh at that point in time. Not sure how that all happened if he watched something that was, that was not Winnie the Pooh, but man, I, was, I felt bad for him. But we all have those things where the kids, you know, they have these different fears of different things. You have, we're coming to Christmas time, and I'm sure there's going to be some kids that will be worried about having to go sit on Santa's lap. Because they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, that scares me. And you see the kids crying. Or even, even the Chick-fil-A cow. I mean, come on. I mean, that thing's a little bit creepy. You have, uh, things, you have some fears and some worries of that. 
one of the funniest worries that I can remember of my own kids was with my son Isaac. Um, he's going to love me for sharing this with you, by the way. Um, I don't remember what the occasion was, um, but I think it must have been my birthday or something um, like around that because we were talking about me getting older. And, and, he w- and we were talking about me getting older and all these things. And all of a sudden I look over at him and I see Isaac starting to cry. And I'm like, Isaac, what's wrong? And he said, well, he goes, he goes where are you going to sleep? And I go, well, what do you mean about that, bud? He goes, well, you're not going to be able to fit through the door. And then you're not going to be able to get into your room. And then you're not going to have any place to sleep. And not only am I not, I'm just not only confused, but I'm starting to wonder if I have a place to sleep. I mean, I'm like, like what, what's going on? Where am I going to go? So I asked, well, well, why am I not going to be able to fit through the door? He's, and I, we, didn't take, we didn't figure it out right away. But after a little bit of time and a lot of deciphering, in his mind, as you got taller, or as you got older, you got taller. So, and it made sense because if you looked at him, he, at the time, he had his, his little brother who was shorter than him. His bigger sister, older sister, was a little bit bigger than him. And then his mom was next tallest. And we'll say that she's the next oldest because I don't want to get in trouble. But then, I mean, then there's me who's the oldest and the tallest. And so he saw me and he saw how, how tall I was compared to everybody else. He, got, he was so worried that I was not going to be able to fit through the door of the house so I wouldn't have a place to sleep at night. And I'm just thinking about those things, man. We all have these things in our minds as kids, these worries that we have going on in our minds that we take, they're really silly now, but they're real to us at the time. And my guess is that you guys have your stories of your own, whether it had to do with you or whether it had to do with your kids. And these worries and these things don't happen just in our childhood. We carry a lot of them into our adulthood and even pick up some new, new ones along the way, don't we? These worries, they have an impact on us, especially on our thought life. And our central theme throughout this series has been this. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Now, if a majority of our thoughts are are good and positive, man, this is an awesome thing, isn't it? But my guess is that that's not the case for many of us. I know for me, and and I have my own irrational thoughts and worries, my guess is that you do as well. And they consume a lot of space in our mind. As we grow up, our worries move on to other things, more rational things, some more rational than others. As a student, maybe you you worry about your grades. And if you don't worry about them, I know that there's somebody else in your life that's worrying about them. And then we go on to college and we worry about leaving home and, and making new friends. And then we graduate and we worry about, okay, what job am I going to get? What is that going to look like? How am I going to pay the bills? And, and what's this whole adulting thing? How do, how do we make all of this work? And then, and then you go on to dating and marriage, and, like, there's a whole bunch of worries that come along with that. And then, and then in, in 2020, you throw in just this idea of a pandemic because that smooths everything out, right? I mean, that makes everything go, no worries about that. And then we have kids, and it brings on its own set of worries. And then we get older, and we get a new set of worries, like not being, like, like not having this, um, wondering where we're going to sleep at night. I mean, like, what am I going to do? Like all these different things that get you all worried about different things. Why is it that we're so prone to worry about things? See, we know that God created science, right? God created you. He created me. He created the heavens and the earth. And so we know that God and science come together. He created science. Sometimes we are so scared of those things and looking in those things, but the reality is that God created it. So today we're going to dive into some of that. And when it comes to worry, there's a part of our brain that plays a key role in our response as we, to, to what we perceive as danger in our lives. 
It's a small almond-shaped portion of our brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala is wired for survival. My guess is that most of you have heard that concept of fight or flight. And the amygdala is the control center for this response. Anytime you approach a dangerous situation, it is at the ready. It's ready to respond. It's ready to take action. For example, you're hungry. You stop by for just some quick bite to eat. Maybe getting some Christian, Christian chicken and all the peace. You know, you get sun, suddenly you're sitting there and you feel its presence. Over your shoulder, you look and there's a Chick-fil-A cow. You start to wonder, okay, can I make it out the door? Nope, I can't make it out the door. So what am I going to do? I'm going I'm to I'm start throwing haymakers at the, at the Chick-fil-A cow, see if I can take him out. But then you're like, well, that's not going to work either. So you just started to cry. And luckily, my wife is there to help me and calm me down a little bit. See, for many of us, for many situations, that fight or flight response, it serves us well. If you truly are in danger, you need that response. That adrenaline comes in handy to help you respond quickly to the things that are going on. The challenge is, though, that that amygdala, it's not objective on its own. It's going to respond whenever it senses danger, whether that danger is real or just perceived. It needs help. It needs help deciphering that danger. And that's the responsibility of another part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex. Let me give you an example. Okay, you're in bed. You're going to bed, you and your wife, you're, 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 or your spouse, and you're, you're in bed, you're, you're getting, you hear a noise in the other room. Um, the amygdala kicks in and it starts to say, okay, where's, where's my way out? And for me, I look out and I'm like, well, we're on the second story, I can't jump out my window. So I go to, to the fight response and I reach behind my bed, I grab my bat and I hand it to my wife and say, okay, go for it. Thank you, got it. The reality is I do have a bat. The bat's about this long and about this thick. And it's about as intimidating as I am. I don't know why we have it. Um, it doesn't make any sense, but, but we do. I mean, so that, there's all of those things. And I wonder why do I even have that bat? But I'm like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna take out something, all right? Uh, back to our situation. You hear that noise. And then you know, okay, there's something going on. I have to respond. I've got to do something with it. So your, your prefrontal cortex is trying to, to figure this out. Hey, no, it's just the cat. And then you realize you don't have a cat, so that didn't work out. So you realize, oh, you know what? This has happened before. It's the refrigerator and it's the ice maker. I hear the ice maker drop. I've walked out there before. I found it out. That's what your prefrontal cortex is saying. Nope, chill out. Everything's okay. Your prefrontal cortex is vital in providing the balance that we need and to the response of the amygdala. We have all these, we all have these situations in our life where the amygdala kicks in and our prefrontal cortex is there to say, hey, nope, you've seen this before. We got this, you're okay. Think about things in your life that trigger feelings of fear or anxiety. Maybe it's a person. Maybe, maybe that person that reminds you of some other person in your life. Maybe it's a certain place or, or a certain surrounding that, that triggers something that's happened before. Or maybe it's an event that brings back a whole set of worries that the same thing is going to happen again and again. See, we need to train our mind. We need to train our prefrontal cortex to intervene and bring peace in the situation. Let's take a look at something that does just that. One of my biggest worries in my life has always been to be able to provide for my family, uh, to provide financially for my family. Even though I've been blessed with good jobs and have had opportunities, I've always been worried about being able to provide financially for my family. And, and that all rolls over into my professional life as well. 
One of my main responsibilities here at the church is to oversee the finances of the church. So each year I, I, I gather together information. I look back on where we've, we've been and, and I try to put a forecast together for where we're going to go in the future and, and as far as all of our contributions and what that's going to look like. I work with our team and we put up, we kind of have our budget, we put our budget together and then we, we put that all together to submit to the elders, say, okay, here's, here's what we're, we're looking at for this next year. But all throughout the year, I'm looking through that as every month and, and evaluating where are we compared to where we said we were going to be, how are our expenses, and looking at all of those pieces. And over the years, this has been a huge source of worry in my life. I've definitely lost a lot of sleep around this. But hear this, I know I know God's in control. I know this. I, I know it up here. I know that God is in control. I know it's not up to me. I know it's ultimately up to him. And when dealing with these thoughts, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul, what he wrote while in prison, likely to face death for proclaiming the gospel. He wrote in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he wrote this. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for, what he's all, for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Man, I don't know about you, but I know I need to hear this. I know this is something I need to hold on to each and every day. And my guess is that there's many of you that need that as well. Paul is telling us, hey, the answer to our worries is prayer. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Are you worried about your finances? About, how, about the next paycheck and how everything's going to work out? Are you praying about it? Are you taking it to God and asking him to work in your life in the midst of that? How about your marriage? Are you, there, is there challenges in your marriage? Pray about it. About your kids and worry about them going off and doing their own thing and, and trying to figure out how they're going to, as they're growing up, worrying and spending all that time worrying about them. How much are you praying for them? Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. See, here's the deal. Prayer, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this next statement because this is absolutely huge. Not only does prayer move the heart of God, but prayer also changes the chemistry in your brain. Isn't that incredible? Just think about that for a little bit. Not only does it move the heart of God, but it changes the chemistry in your brain. For decades, neurolog neurologists believed that all that happens, all the change that happens in our brain was in, in, in adolescence. And then they realized, ah, oh, that's not actually not the case, that, that it maybe happens up to the age of 25. And even more study that's, that's gone on, they've realized that our brains are continually changing, rewiring. That change is known as neuroplasticity. And this is so incredible. There are scientists that study our minds and study the belief in God. And they have found that prayer changes your brain. Dr. Caroline Leaf in her book, Switch on Your Brain, wrote this. It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing just from prayer. And it's good news. 
It is really, really good. But it's also important for us to know that we need to be aware of what are we filling our minds with. Because if we're filling our minds with toxic or negative thoughts, it's going to hurt our brain. It's not going to take us to where we want to go. But if we can fill our mind with God's word, commit to capturing our thoughts and making them obedient to Christ, and then pray about everything, telling God what we need and thanking him for what he has already done. If we can do that, we can change the neurochemistry of our brain. We can win the war in our minds. Oh, what could this look like? Let me read that verse again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If this is true, why is it that we continue to worry about things? You might think I was doing a magic show. It's not. No magic here. But here's the deal. Most of us, <clears throat> we have a situation in our lives where we have a lot of worries. Right? We have a lot of worries. No matter how old you are, if you're a student in here and you're, and you're, man, you get your own worries of, gosh, how am I gonna, how am I gonna get through these classes? How am I going to pass these tests? And what does that look like as I, as I get to the next stage? What's, how does that interact with my, my friendships and all of the things that I have going on? We have all these worries that we just hold on to day after day after day after day. And as we get older and we, and we try to find those jobs, as I mentioned earlier, and we're trying to even, gosh, what does that look like for me? What, how, how am I going to make, make that college degree or that technical degree or just even my life work after high school? What does that look like? What does this whole adulting thing look like? We have all these worries that go in there. How am I going to pay the bills? Well, where am I going to live? I mean, man, there's so many challenges that we have in our lives, all these different things. And then you throw on other things like health worries. When you get sick, when you're worried about, are you going to have a voice to preach the next morning? I mean, all of these things are worries that we can just keep piling in our minds. We're worrying about, man, how am I eating? Am I eating well enough? I'm, I'm trying to, to lose some weight and, and all of those things. I'm, I'm spending more time worrying about all of, all of what it's, the impact on it. I, if I want to work out and I'm not working out and I'm not getting physically fit and doing the things that I want to do. The financial piece of am I doing, am I doing a budget? Oh, I got off my budget. Now I don't, I don't even want to look at it because I'm so, but we spend so much time. We put all of these worries and just keeps piling up and piling up. And then every once in a while, we pull God out. The problem is that we place God in the midst of our worries. But we pull God out and we come to church on Sunday. And, we, and in that moment, we feel really good because we're inspired. And we're, we know, hey, God, God I'm going to trust you now. I, I, I know that this is, I'm, I'm hearing from you, God. And right now I feel like I can trust you. I can, I can lean into you. I can let go of the things of, of my worries. I can have a, a sense of peace, at least for a moment in, in my week. But then we go right back to it when we leave. And we hit Monday morning, or maybe we hit noon, and the worries start coming back, and they become bigger and bigger, and God gets drowned out once again, and he's not a focus of it. Or we pull God out when we have a worry that becomes so big, we're like, okay, now, now it's time. Now it's time to take it to you, God. Now I'm going to trust you with it. It wasn't big enough before, but now it's big enough, and God, I'm going to trust you to work in my life. What's the problem with all of this? The problem is that we make our worries bigger than our God. But what if, what if we were to switch things around, make God bigger than our worries? 
What can we have God bigger than our worries? What if we were to put all of our trust and our faith in him? What if we were to be able to say, yes, we're going to have these thoughts that are going to come. We're going to capture these thoughts. We're going to take them to God. We're going to start praying about them. We're going to do what he says, and we're going to pray about everything. Pray about everything. We're not going to worry about anything, but we're going to pray about everything. We're going to take that and be that be a, mean, a main part of our, of our relationship with God, and we're going to give everything, everything to him. And we're going to be, our first stop is going to him. Our first stop is to look at him, to give him the focus that he deserves. And when we do this, when we get in the habit of doing this, we create a new process and we start trusting that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do. And as Paul tells us, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, please understand, I know this isn't an easy thing. The enemy, he's out there. And his, his goal is to thwart this all along the way. He wants to continue to beat us down. He wants to continue to take us out. He wants us to continue. He wants to leave us to leave here today to go home and forget about whatever we've learned. But here's the deal. God will prevail if we go to him. It's a battle. He will, God will help you. He will help you win the war in your minds. So let's start training. Let's pray expectantly. One of our core values here is that we pray expectantly. We teach on this on a regular basis. We, we try to model it. Um, every Thursday at 11 a.m., I've got a Facebook live time where I, I pray for people, have people send prayer requests in. And if you're not on Facebook, that's okay. There's other ways you can go to our website and send, and send prayer requests in. But we, we, we know this is so important because we need to pray expectantly. We need to come beside each other. We need to be praying for each other. We need to be encouraging each other. We need to start with prayer. We also have a prayer team that meets um, throughout the week. Um, just like, not meets, I'm sorry, prays throughout the week for all the prayer requests that come in. And I want to ask you, if you have a heart for prayer, if this is something that like really burdens you, I want to encourage you to come be part of that team, to come be a prayer warrior and pray on behalf of others in our church. Um, if you want to do that, um, you can send a text. I don't know if we have a slide. Do we have a slide for this one? Let me give you a number. It's 720-640-7040. And if you could text prayer to that or just come up to me afterwards, we'll, we'll get you pointed in the right direction. We'd love to add you to that prayer team. We know we have more work to do. We know that this is a big thing. In, tw in 2022, we're gonna continue to press into this area of prayer and just continue to build this house of prayer here at Northland Hills. As we close today, I want to take a moment, and I just want to review where we've been in this series. We started with this idea that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And if you want to change the direction of your life, if you don't like where it's headed, if you want to do things, you need to start training. You need to do things differently than what you have done. So how are we going to do this? Well, first step is we're going to create um, a plan. We're going to identify a stronghold. Identify a stronghold. Identify something in your life that the enemy has taken and twisted and is using against you. Something that, that's keeping you from doing the things that you want to do. And we're going to find God's truth and we're going to apply it to that. And then we're going to, second step, we're going to create a declaration. 
We're going to make a statement that's a positive statement towards something new in our mind. We're going to create new neural pathways that identify the positive ways. We're going to get rid of the old pathways that lead us to destruction. We're going to create those new pathways by creating a new declaration, and we're going to write it, we're going to think it, we're going to confess it until we believe it. We're going to write it, we're going to think it, we're going to confess it until we believe it. Step three, we're going to capture and reframe our thoughts. We are bombarded constantly by different thoughts that come into our mind. We're going to take those things, we're going to reframe them and put in, reframe them in the eyes and the focus of God and through His goodness. And then finally, we're going to worry about nothing and we're going to pray about everything. We're going to start with God. We're going to put all of our faith and trust in Him. We're going to pray expectantly that He has us in His hands and that He will give us a peace passes all understanding this is a battle we have to engage we have to engage in order for us to win the war but with God on our side it is truly possible don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Uh, thank you for your word, for your word is truth. Father, we are so blessed that we can come to you with all these things. Father, I know that trying to take us down the wrong path. They're trying to distract us from who you are. They're trying to distract us from doing the right things. Instead, we do the things that we hate. Father, I just know that as we lean into you, as we spend more time with you, as we come to you and we pray about everything, Father, I know that you want to meet us right there, and I know that you will win the war. Father, I pray for those right now that maybe have never given their life to you. I pray that first and foremost, in this moment, that they feel your presence and that they'll let go of the reins, give them over to you and ask you to be their Lord and leader. Because Lord, there's, this world has many challenges. But we know with you there's hope. thank you for the opportunity to come together and worship you. I pray that throughout the week we seek you desperately and that we pray expectantly. I pray this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.